The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. A decorated champion wears a bullseye as the benchmark for greatness that every challenger wants to test themselves against. She is the best women's fighter of all time. There's no debate. This is the GOAT. Yet generational champions wear a crown. And the queen of women's MMA hasn't just reached unprecedented heights by ruling two divisions. Oh, She's made the record she smashed unreachable. Legends here, be the queen of the ring. Look at me, I'm supreme in this thing. I'm an excited fighter. I always gonna be aggressive. I always gonna look for the knockout, the finish, and I'm gonna take my belt home. Tonight, as the UFC makes its long-anticipated return to Canada, the queen reigns supreme in the reign city of Vancouver, British Columbia. Hit him down for the fight. Yet the threat to her throne is part of a greater wave of Mexican champions. This one on a torrid streak of devastation in which she is finishing everything she started. With one last call to destiny left to go. To overthrow the queen herself and become the fourth ever Mexican UFC champion. I know I have all Mexico with me and I'm ready to bring the fourth belt to Mexico. First, a record breaker in his own right is ready to reclaim his spot at the top of the lightweight division. As the former champion from Brazil, with the most submission wins ever and most finishes in UFC history, is out to reclaim his spot as the division's best. This time against a smashing machine who has emerged as the scariest contender going, riding an eight-fight win streak that has been as explosive as it has dominant. with an exclamation point. The time for statements is now. I'm not leaving anything to chance. I'm going to finish the fight. And for the last eight years, statements have come in the form of straight-out dominance for the Lioness. The GOAT in the women's ranks, owner of most wins and the most finishes in UFC female history. She is the undisputed two-division GOAT. Yet Guadalajara's brand of greatness hits different. And she's coming for it all. The bullseye, the crown, and the UFC championship. the sold-out Rogers Center in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, we are finally back in the Great White North. It's UFC 289, Nunes versus Aldana, and it starts right now. You are listening to The Bite Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the... SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can also follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on two accounts. I am the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast and I primarily tweet about soccer from the Soccer Gambling Podcast Twitter account. That is at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. 
the other account where I tweet about all sports and where I post my monthly PL every single month. That is at lockbetting.com. That's at lockbetting.com. My monthly PL is always the pinned tweet on that account. So the last month will always be the last month that we posted. So at the moment, you can see the month of May. And the month of May was actually my 120th month in a row of transparent track profit. So I haven't had a losing month for a decade. I've gone 120 straight months making a profit. So while you can see the spreadsheet at the moment as the pin tweet on the Twitter account, if you go to the website lockbetting.com, you can see every single spreadsheet that I've ever posted adding up to these 120 months. But if you just want to do some quick due diligence, some very quick research, and simply go to the Twitter account at lockbetting.com, look at that pin tweet, and you'll see what we did last month, which was a huge month as it included our futures. And We are coming up to futures season now, and futures are something that we've been very successful in. We've cashed at over 80% all time, so you don't want to miss one of my futures, but a lot of people do because futures require an increased bankroll. It comes up to that time of the year where you need to place more bets, but it also clashes with the summer. Some people may need to go on their summer holidays. And you need that increased bankroll in order to make sure you don't miss out. There are ways to do that, though. And one of them is Edge Boost. This episode is supported by Edge Boost. And what Edge Boost is, is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to two and a half thousand dollars in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you could do with that increased bankroll. Well, one of the things you can do is what I just mentioned. You could get down on all of these futures. We have Wimbledon coming up for the tennis. We have the Gold Cup. We have the Women's World Cup. And then we start the soccer season again, EPL, Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A. And then we have the NFL again. You have your over-unders for win totals. You have your winner of the Super Bowl, winner of the NFC, winner of the AFC, all of the divisions, individual props, and if you love the plays, why miss out when Edge Boost offers up to $2,500 in betting advances? You don't have to use it for futures. You can double down on your favorite bet right now, or you can create an awesome middle, or you can even create a hedge. I'm encouraged to uh, say hedging is gross, but tonight we have a big future on Manchester City to win the Champions League. And we may be taking a hedge on Inter Milan to make sure we make a profit because that's what I do. I work in sports investing, not in sports gambling as far as I'm concerned. And the way to make sure that you guarantee yourself a profit is sometimes to hedge. Also, Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they actually charge 0% interest. I challenge you to name me a way that you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest. Edge Boost can also be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly or monthly limits across your betting accounts all in one place. So you can support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. You must be 21 years older to do this. And if you have a gambling problem, don't do this. Instead, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Moving on to why we are primarily here, and that's to talk about the main two fights from UFC 289. 
as Amanda Nunes returns to the Octagon in the main event. And she will be defending her title against Irene Aldana. Of course, Nunes comes into this one as a strong favourite. She's available at the price of one to three, with Aldana available here at five to two. The method of victory market here has Nunes as eleven to eight favourite to win via TKO KO. It's ten to three via submission. And we're getting four to one here on the decision. Irene Aldana is at eleven to two by TKO, fourteen to one via submission, and she's priced up at seven to one to get it done here via a decision. Looking at the total rounds market, you're over two and a half. Is it ten to eleven? You're under two and a half. Is it ten to eleven? Then you get plus money on the over three and a half here at five to four, with under three and a half at four to seven. Under four and a half rounds here is at two to five. So we're getting under the minus 200 region with over four and a half at seven to four. And will the fight go the distance? Yes, is past the plus 200 mark here. It's available at 23 to 10. And no is clearly odds on at two to five. So well under minus 200. So we are expecting this to finish before the championship rounds if we factor in the betting lines. Nunes comes into this one widely regarded now as the GOAT of women's MMA. Nunes has now secured a finish in 17 of her 22 professional victories. And 16 of those 17 wins have come in the first three rounds. Now, the challenger here, Irene Aldana, has the opportunity to become the fourth Mexican champion to be crowned in 2023 alone. So the question is, can she pull off the upset and score her score her third KO victory in a row? We have seen the gloss come off some of the champions as of late. We saw Alexa Grasso beat Shevchenko for her title as a huge, huge underdog. We previously saw Amanda Nunes drop and win her title back And that certainly took some of the gloss off Amanda Nunes, who looked absolutely unbeatable. I don't think it damages her goat tag. But what it does bring into play is questions about her commitment now. Is she still 100% motivated and in shape? And will she come in motivated and in shape for this fight at UFC 289? Has the competitive fire gone for Amanda Nunes? She's lost the fight and obviously had to bounce back and win her title back. She's very much committed to her partner and talking about kids. She's talking about retirement. And she's admitted the only reason she hasn't yet is because she can't stand Juliana Pena. That's not really what you want to hear when someone's going into a fight here with a completely different opponent. She's not fighting Juliana Pena. She avenged that loss, but perhaps she felt like she didn't avenge it significantly enough. Obviously, we know Amanda Nunes was choked out at UFC 269 back in December 2021. And last year, almost a year ago, that was her last fight, on the 30th of July 2022, she avenged that with a unanimous decision victory. But of course, in her mind... She hasn't avenged it enough and there should be another fight along the line. But first of all, she'll have to get past Aldana. And at this price, 
with the gloss being taken off Nunes, with Nunes being made to look beatable, and with Nunes saying strange things, talking about prioritising her family, talking about retirement, talking about her sole focus for staying in MMA, being the hatred for another fighter who isn't this opponent, that does prick up your ears and make you a little bit more interested in the underdog. Over five rounds, there is no doubt in my mind that Aldana has a solid shot. She hits hard herself, she's willing to scrap, and she doesn't fade over the distance. But wrestling here could be a problem. We've seen opponents previously having no issues taking her down, and that's largely due to her willingness to pull guard if a shot gets her off balance. It's a built-in reaction, and I'm not sure it's something that she can auto-correct just during this training camp all of a sudden. And even if she doesn't end up on the mat, the problem that she has is the fact that Aldana's happy to sit on the back foot and counterpunch. And this leads me to think that we'll see a super low output range war with these two standing. And in that battle, I lean towards Nunes. And what I most significantly lean towards is this actually making it into the championship rounds, at least taking the over two and a half at minus 110, as I don't think this is going to be a back and forth war fueled by hatred. So don't be looking for any kind of Justin Gaethje fight here. I think it's going to be a battle that's mainly contested on the feet. I think it's going to center around counter-striking and I still lean towards Amanda Nunes keeping her title here, but I certainly wouldn't be looking at her on the money line or adding her to any parlays at the price of one to three minus 300. I'm interested in Nunes to get it done via decision. I think that's a huge price at four to one. But I also like this to go over two and a half rounds, which is a safer bet. And as I said, that's available at the price of 10 to 11 minus 110 here for your main event. Before we move on to having a look at the co-main event, let me quickly tell you that we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Plus, there are plenty of ways to win with NBA NHL and MLB with their player prop parlays. So head over to underdogfantasy.com, use your promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com and your promo code SGPN. Up next, we move over to the co-main event of the night and this sees Charles Oliveira returning to the octagon. Last time we saw Charles Oliveira, he was convincingly beaten. And sometimes that kind of beating does have a long-term effect on you. So it'd be interesting to see how Oliveira returns here and how he looks. He's the underdog in this fight against Benil Darush, who's available here at 4-6 to six, with Oliveira here at 6-5. to five. The method of victory market sees Darush at 3-1 via TKOKO, 4-1 via submission, and 7-2 here via decision. Whilst Oliveira is 5-1 via TKOKO, 10-3 via submission, and 13-2 via decision. So big odds across the board here. The books really don't know how this one's going to pan out. It's worth noting that Barouche is on an eight-fight win streak, winning his last three via decision, 
whilst Charles Oliveira holds the record for the most submissions in UFC history, winning by winning with 16 submissions. And that submission line is available at 10 to 3. The over-under market tier for this fight, the total round markets, this is a three-round fight that is at 10 to 11 to go over one and a half rounds and 10 to 11 to finish in under one and a half rounds. The over two and a half is big plus money at 13 to eight with the under at four to nine. And then you get even more plus money on the fight to go to distance. You're ending up with 23 to 10 on fight to go to distance. Yes, with no being offered up at four to 11. So they significantly fancy this one to have a finish but who is it that's going to get their hand raised at the end of the fight? For me, this is the main event of the night. A lot of people are very interested in this fight. But it's also a very, very difficult one to call. Had this happened before Charles Oliveira's loss, had this been Darush challenging for Oliveira's title, I would have taken Oliveira all day. When people are on that kind of run... It's difficult to bet against them unless a special talent comes along. And that's what happened to Oliveira. And that's what led to his demise. But I don't think Darush is that special kind of fighter. But conventional wisdom leads you to picking Darush. And I hate making that pick for this reason. But it's very, very rare for a fighter to win a title, to lose it, and then to be able to withstand the next generation's onslaught of title contenders. They, they lose something. A little piece of them dies when they lose that title, when they've been defending it and defending it over and over and over and over again. Even though visually it looks like Benny will be a part of the old guard, he's going to be the one sniping at Charles on his way to a promised title shot that may never come to fruition. Now, I think it's a wash here in the gambling department, which means I don't think we're going to see much grappling in the actual fight, which is probably why we're seeing the type of lines that we're seeing here for the fight not to go the distance. Um, I do think Oliveira is more dynamic, albeit less disciplined. I think he can use his range to stay ahead of Darush and maybe hurt him and then use his grappling defensively when Darush gets sick of standing in front of him. On the, on the ground, Oliveira obviously... He's very slick and has a clear route to victory. That's why you see all those submission wins on his record. But I think he's more likely to stay out of trouble and try and work back towards a kickboxing match. But ultimately, what we have here tonight are two elite fighters, two dogs that people love to watch fight coming together. But I go with Darush on the account of him being more durable than the former champ and a history of champions not being able to bounce back from losing their title and being the same fighter. Will it be a wild war? Yes. Will it be a fight you can't miss? Yes. Will it be a successful return to the octagon for Charles Oliveira? Will it be a bounce back? I don't think so. These bounce backs don't occur in MMA and boxing like they do in other sports. It's easy for a soccer team or or a tennis player to bounce back the following week from a loss. It's difficult in MMA where you take physical and psychological damage. Same for boxing, same for any of these combat sports. So on that account, I'm going to go with Darush, the more durable fighter. 
I expect a wild war, but I see him catching Charles with a haymaker and then pounding him down to the ground and, and setting Charles Oliveira back even further to the point where he may be looking towards retirement after this fight. As I stated, it's not reasoning that I like to get behind because it feels too easy to just throw up a catalogue of names who haven't looked the same after losses when you're looking at the likes of Tony Ferguson and, and Conor McGregor. But there's a long list and it's too long of a list for me to ignore. And therefore, that's why I'm going to go against Charles Oliveira in this spot. A part of me actually hopes that I'm wrong because I would like to see more great fighters bouncing back from losses. But historically, that's not what we've seen. Even earlier on this year, the once unbeatable Kamara Usman, a fighter who is in the GOAT conversation, looked like a shell of himself in his rematch against Leon Edwards. Now, there's no doubt about it. The Edwards win was a fluke. Kamara Usman, the best version of Kamara Usman, dominated that fight for four and a half rounds before he was caught in the head with an insane leg kick. I was expecting him to reverse that victory in London and to come back with his best version of Kamara Usman and to simply just avoid that one crazy moment. But he was not. Instead, he looked like a shell of himself. He looked physically and more importantly, psychologically damaged to not be the same fighter. And uh, Leon Edwards, in the end, got his hand raised again. Do I completely agree with that decision? No, but at the same time, it's hard to argue that Kamara Usman, in fact, it's impossible to argue that Kamara Usman went out there and won all five rounds or did enough to get his hand raised in London against the champ. When you want to beat the champ, you have to take it from the champ. And that's the situation that Irina Aldana finds herself in this evening as she tries to take the belt away from Amanda Nunes. I'm not sure if she will. I do think there is some significant value on the underdog based on the way that Nunes is talking. But your double, your edge boost, double down lock here for this show will be for that fight to go over two and a half rounds for the reasons I outlined at the top of the show. As I said, I'm not expecting an explosive Justin Gaethje type war here between these two. I think it's going to be a striking battle where they primarily stay on their feet and it's going to be um, the challenger looking to counter strike here with Amanda Nunes. And if that's the route that it goes down, that will probably suit Nunes and she'll be able to come away with the win here and move on to the fight that she's more interested in, which is setting the score with Pena as opposed to taking this mandatory defence against Irina Aldana. So that concludes this edition of The Fight Show, looking at your main two fights here for UFC 289. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys, and thanks for listening.